0: this is the problem because it's it's shown nationally and we want motorcycling to be shown nationally we want it to get exposure but not every state has that product legal in it hello and welcome to another episode of creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on patreon If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to our regularly scheduled show, show. Okay. All right, everybody. Welcome back to some episode of Creative Writing. Uh, we're coming to you live from Wiggins uh, Studio. It's a brand new facility in uh, state East- State of the art. Yeah, super state of the art facility. We've been here before. Built in the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, we've, yeah. Been, we've recorded in here before. And
1: uh, yeah, do I you guys- I think the last time was the 100th episode.
0: Was it? Oh, because yeah, we chatted with Liza. Yeah. I should call her up right now the and The couch see. was
1: over there. Yeah. It was, it was I know, you had a baby and everything's
0: changed. Your baby has her own room. How much did she pay you for rent for that? <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> that's like $600 we a month. We had a baby
1: then. We just had her play area was over here. That's true. We just switched it up.
0: How fast these days have gone by. I feel like uh, like Christopher Walken's
1: career. Where did I go? What is today? It would be roughly a year ago.
0: Yeah. A little bit Uh,
1: more than a year ago, actually, because we're in the 60s now, 160s. Yeah.
0: It was last sort of. uh, The crickets were going. We had the fan on, so I know it was warm out, but hell, it's California. That could have been September, October. Uh, but yeah, man, we're coming to you live tonight. And since nobody's going to answer, I'll try and do it. I think this is episode 166. You guys, uh, you I'll guys agree? agree? With that. Sure. All right. Why not? Well, let's play some crappy intro music and get ready for this show. What do you say? Everybody, get something to drink. Buckle up, and unless you're on a motorcycle, there's no buckles to put on. So strap in, <laughs> strap on, sit down. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> All right.
1: Whoops. Let's try that again. <laughs>
0: I guess I should It do won't really, dude I'm telling you I guess I should turn one of us up So that there's some talking here so yeah, everybody welcome We're going we're gonna to fly by the seat of our pants tonight because uh, um, even though it took it took us about 90 hours to set up just now, um, we're still not prepared i have I have all the notes, <laughs> and so he he who controls the spice controls the universe, as they once said in a great 1980s movie, um, and this week, I have the laptop on my lap, so I guess I'm going to be talking telling you guys what we're talking about. Uh, did you guys know? by the way, that we've had some rain here recently. I know maybe uh, not today, but it rained yesterday.
2: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Yeah, did. and uh, apparently SoCal is um, <laughs> disintegrating slowly. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the news, but all the houses and stuff over on the west side, I'm sure your commute has oh, yeah. been just awesome.
2: Mud everywhere.
0: Yeah, mud yeah. everywhere. Road uh, shut down. There's been half the hills in Malibu are coming down, and... I don't know. It's pretty funny. All those houses, that, those million-dollar houses that didn't get got by them fires are now getting got by that mudslide. <laughs> so it's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah, and
2: the asphalt is not set up for water because it's all gravelly and just disintegrating. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah, it's falling yeah. apart. Dude, and, and it doesn't everywhere. drain very well at no, all. No, uh-uh.
0: no. And then th- those like 100-year-old pipes that run from Mulholland, like that William Mulholland or whatever his name was, Abernathy Mulholland, drilled over the friggin' Mulholland Mountain <laughs> (laughs) in in like 1800 or 1901, something like that, those things are still the original water mains in L.A. And so the street's crumbling and those things are exposed. And so, yeah, there's been a lot of rad action happening because of the, the crazy weather here. So uh, I don't want to hear about your 18 feet of snow. I was going to say, meanwhile, our listeners <laughs> yeah. <are real> cool. <laughs> I don't want to hear about how there's tornadoes <laughs> happening in the south and you can't see three feet in front of your house because your house is 12 feet under snow in the north. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's just been crazy everywhere. Jay, you have to ride in it every day. And yep. so that's probably been pretty rad for you. I, d- I want to tell you about something too. Um, something I saw literally right before... I- On my way up here to to Wiggins' house, Uh, there was a guy riding a sport bike, looked like a FZ1, and he had the. I thought it was like a um, reflective, like jacket because I couldn't tell. But as he went by, his whole jacket was like neon purple on the back, but it was glowing. It was some sort of light. It looked like like a lift. Oh right, those little lift lights that lift drivers put. But it was on the back of his jacket. Maybe he was a lift for motorcycles. So
2: it was like LED lights, or it was reflective. I couldn't tank. tell.
0: The whole thing, like he had piping, and it was Dude, like how radical would be just
1: carry a helmet <laughs> and, and yeah, like, yeah,
0: hop on, <laughs> just as lift on his mustache. <laughs> Is that lift the ones that have the mustache?
2: Yeah, they're doing that in uh, some markets in Asia. They're testing oh, out like a sure. lift yeah, with yeah, scooters and stuff. There. There's
0: like
1: five people in there, like Dude, yeah, they're like but, Yeah, you're still allowed to
0: put a full <laughs> family on them and there. They're yeah, like like
1: they drag the drag the like rolling suitcase behind yeah. them. like I'll just put the baby in between my feet on the front of the scooter. Yeah, yeah. have
2: you seen the one there's like nine <laughs> people piled on top and then there's a goat? Just oh, in the well, middle. There's always a goat. If there's
0: not a goat, you're like, dude, not real. Like, fake. That's scooters. how they pay for their scooters. <laughs> yeah. they got to have their goats. <laughs> or, like, I've seen baby uh, calves. I've seen all sorts of stuff. All right. But this was like a, a harness, kind of like a um, GoPro. Like, one of those, mm. Like, but it was lit up. It was glowing purple. And I was like, and it kind of matched the color scheme of that bike. So that bike must have been like a 2015. And it kind of matched the color scheme. And I was like, that's pretty rad. Cause when you drove, you know, there's like not a lot of streetlights. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when you drove away, I just saw him glowing off into the yeah, distance.
2: That stuff is like a lifesaver. Like, I, yeah. um, I, since I started wearing my high vis vest and like being able to see, and I made my girlfriend start wearing it too. And when she's above in front of me, I can see like reflecting. It's, yeah.
0: it's pretty rad. And I just, it, it reminds me, there's those things like break free, and there's a whole bunch of uh, safety stuff that's coming out. There was a um, helmet actually. That I forget what it was called? It was like the X1 and the whole thing glowed. I think BMW is coming out with that too, like some glowing gear. And, and the R9Ts, I think, I saw a prototype driving through Pasadena about uh, six months ago and the whole side of it was glowing, oh, like all sick. the emblems and everything. Now, I don't know if that's something that the dude did aftermarket that was a, uh, a self-DIY a sort of thing, but I read somewhere that they're thinking about doing... Um, bmw specifically is thinking about doing like side lighting on the motorcycles to match like side marker lights on cars and stuff
2: so, yeah i think hmm. a lot of the companies are realizing that putting that safety safety features are definitely needed on yeah.
0: motorcycles for sure wigs what have you been up to this last week i know you went to a knife show you haven't been I did riding around in the rain but you've had your fair share of inclement weather up here
1: i'm sure Oh man, the rain is such a relief from the snow (laughs) and driving, (laughs) driving in it for 12 hours a day or 14 or whatever it was. For real. Yeah. I just, I've been like chilling, being, enjoying being back home and (coughs) had a knife show and that went well. I actually won, um, (laughs) so I entered mine in a contest and I didn't win, but I won a raffle. (laughs) That's okay. That's our uh, field producer. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Hound. (laughs) Yeah. He's an old man and he just likes to, he can't lay still anymore and he has big toenails and they drag <laughs> to the hardwood floor. <laughs> to quote Phil from Cleveland Moto,
0: his, he sounds like a skeleton fucking a coffee can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Uh yeah, but I won a raffle at the end of the knife show and I won like this knife that um <clears throat> like it's a club that puts it on, like the California Knife Makers Association or something. So uh like all these like makers that have been in it for a long time get together and like make this knife so I like won the thing at the end. Right. That'd be That's funny awesome.
0: if they're like win a field initiative knife and they're like, eh. Yeah, well, <laughs> huh,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean it's like I don't even know what it would cost if you tried to buy it. It'd be ridiculous. Wow. That's pretty rad. Uh, it was like it's like total like fortune fire style. Like it was made from a plumber snake, because a plumber snake is a good spring steel. So it was like this Damascus made from a plumber snake and <laughs> Sounds like, like it was made out of a fat man's wiener. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <A>
0: Plummer snake.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kinda it's pretty cool, but I'm like, I don't what the fuck do I do with this thing? Yeah. <laughs> like was- it's huge and it's fancy, I'm like can't really carry it anywhere like it's
2: to put it on display put it above your fireplace it's like crocodile dundee shit i was gonna
1: say is it like a uh, buoy knife kind of yeah it's a little bit of a buoy shape with the handles like at an angle instead of like being kind of straight with the spine
0: yeah i was looking for
1: to see if i had a knife
0: sound all i have is this so it's not
2: like a. it's
1: kind of would fit a whip i'll have to go get it in a minute it's insane
0: or when you whip it out and then you just slap someone in the face. <laughs> there, you idiot. Look at my knife. So yeah, that's rad. Um, for myself, I haven't been doing a whole bunch except for failing at these notes that I told you guys I'd have out on Tuesday. And then <laughs> here it is, uh, Friday
1: at whatever time the listeners are listening and uh we usually read them on Friday anyway so it's not a <laughs> <any laughs> deal yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, hey remember we those- record on Tuesday and we just don't read to the notes remember on those Friday? notes last
0: week there was a good point that was on there um yeah i've been i've been i've had some sick kids and so it's been real crumbtastic and uh yeah if anybody's out there and they're feeling sick or they're feeling um boxed in because of the weather just know that you know we're not we have we can ride here
1: every day if
0: we want and no i don't know i was just uh it's just been um i haven't done a whole bunch of riding but i you know it actually has been raining a couple of days hey let's have this dog smell the mic real quick and see yeah. so but yeah it, it rained here just uh tuesday i'm gonna let this dog say something houston what do you think bro <laughs> uh,
2: very wise words yeah
1: it's pretty rare that we can actually hear him sniff. Yeah.
2: Well, I was actually kind of excited that it rained because I tested out. I waxed some of my gear. Yeah, I saw and that. And so, because I knew it was going to rain, I looked at the forecast and it had several days of rain. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because I bought those waterproof gauntlet gloves, but they turned out not to be waterproof. And so, when I rode to work last week when there was heavy <laughs> rain, I they were just soaked, and I posted mm. it on Instagram. But then I found this really cool recipe for wax and um, yeah. I put it on my gloves, I put it on my jacket sleeves and then I rode the next day and it rained for about 40 minutes on my commute home and it worked were you, like a wonder. Were you like wishing it would rain more? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's nice, you know, when you stay dry in the rain, as long as you stay dry and you're comfortable, then everything's Pretty easy. Yeah, I, I love riding in the rain. Actually,
0: <laughs> you're all man. I wish it was raining like it was the other day. Now, like now that I got this wax stuff. Well,
2: on. That, it rained yesterday, right?
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I rode um, home, and it was it was very relaxing. Yeah. I just slowed down a little bit. I put on my flashers, and <laughs>
0: it was relaxing. It was you know, the pitter patter on yeah. the helmet, <laughs> and like the. Uh, it's funny because a lot of people right now can't ride because literally the roads are, like. Three feet deep in snow. Mm -hmm. I I saw saw somebody uh, put something on our creative writing Facebook page. Of they were driving, it looked like they were driving through a maze. Like it looked fake because the snow was I don't know twenty feet deep, and they had carved uh, a road through it. And I was going, dude, I'm glad we're not. I'm you know when here when it rains, we're like, hey man, it's going to be such a crappy commute. And but like there, they're like.
2: Yeah, I don't. I would not be able to survive in that environment. Yeah. I fully admit that I am a Southern California person to <laughs> the bone.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know how far the wax would go uh, when you're in eighteen trying to drive through eighteen yeah, feet of know. snow.
2: I'd have to put on about ten layers of <laughs> wax and just be stiff as a board.
0: Dude, Wiggins brought out this uh, humongous uh, crocodile Dundee machete. I want to see that. I'm going to turn myself down real quick so I don't make a bunch of noise. Yeah,
2: that's insane. Oh. And it came with the sheath? Yeah. Wow. That's incredible.
1: I was just like standing there like looking at some people's stuff and then they're like, oh, we have this like the final like prize, you know, that all these makers got together. It came with like a book too of like the steel and like how they forged it all out. And then like all the people that like, cause like one guy like, wow. did, like made the bar steel and then one guy forged it into a knife and then like one guy made the handle and one guy did like the grinding and finished it. And then one guy did like the sheath. One guy was a plumber. I yeah. don't
2: even, I feel bad for touching it. I don't want to get my fingerprints. Uh, I mind.
1: don't think it's that. Like, just one,
2: even the sheath alone is gorgeous. One guy That's donated incredible. his snake.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want to see it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Like, it's called a keyhole too because of the way the handle is. Instead of just going like over the, um, Tang and running pins like from left to right. Oh,
0: look at that! Yeah,
1: yeah. the The handle kind of spreads out like an old fashioned keyhole. The like steel from the blade, and then the knife or the the wood part like slides in it and like locks in. And then there's pins running like vertically. Um mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: it's it feels so
2: good in the hand. Like, yeah. It just ama- Can I, it's if like-
1: I pull it out of the
0: sheath? Will it slice my intestines open? <laughs> my, if it I pull it, <laughs> it like could. It is. Like, yeah, it's, it's super sharp. How do they get, what type of finish is this on the blade? It's got like a, it's got like a, kind
1: of a pattern to it. Yeah. So it's made of like little pieces of spring. And then, um, so just when they forge it, they don't, um, like when they make the block of steel, they have some other steels in it too. And then when they hammer it out, like those things don't perfectly like melt down like a liquid. So it's like, they're, they're like soft, but they're like kind of welded pieces together. Um, so it's just, it's form of Damascus.
0: It also looks like it's made out of pterodactyl skin that uh, the
1: sheath, right?
0: So, and they even like put the keyhole shape on the sheath too. That's pretty cool. That keyhole reminds me of something like what Vikings or like early uh, early people that didn't have nails would have done to fit it, so it didn't wiggle around. You know, Mm -hmm. pretty actually, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So when they grind it and everything, like it looks normal, and then they etch it in a ferric acid. Mm-hmm. And then that's how like the color kind of comes out because like the different steels contrast one another. How many ferrets does, do you think it takes to get that much acid for one of those knives? I don't know. Could be probably five ferrets. One giant fat one. <laughs> Ferret acid sounds dangerous. Okay. I deserve that. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, that's, that's our weekend. And that actually reminds me, um, up in a couple weekends, we want to hear what you guys have been up to. It's been a hell of a winter I know you guys are ready for spring and I wanted to remind you that Solstice Slam is coming up here. March 22nd is the episode date and uh, we haven't had any submissions yet but a few people have told me they're working on it which means that it could either come in March 21st at midnight (laughs) or (laughs) tomorrow uh, depending on how much time you guys have. But if you have a crazy story, if you've done something cool, even if it's not motorcycle related, we'll take it this year. Hopefully that'll up the... uh, up the submissions but yeah we got some really cool I've got some cool ideas uh, for prizes in mind and I'm actually uh starting to buy stuff now I told you I would have it ready and so like like the people that were just getting the spooky spoke stuff last last month (laughs) aren't like hey six months later where's my shit
1: so and I've got I think some of the stuff you want to buy yeah yeah and then I was also gonna donate sweet uh Wiggins is gonna give his third
0: kidney. He has three kidneys. Yeah, so that? I don't need all three.
2: She's <laughs> just collecting dust.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ew, that's gross. How's dust getting inside your body? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Wiggs is gonna um generously donate something. What do you think it might be? You take a guess and then <laughs> we'll tell you uh yeah, we'll, right. tell you, we'll tell you after Salsa <laughs> slam, And then Yeah, so that's coming up pretty soon. There's a bunch of stuff actually coming up that we'll talk about at the end of the show. But I wanted to talk about something huge that happens every March that's coming up. And it's a huge part of motorcycling um, culture. And it's a huge part of uh, what motorcycling in the U.S. is. And that's Daytona Bike Week. I was going to
1: say the veggie plate's not always in March.
0: Well, it's not (laughs) always in March, but it is a huge staple of uh, American motorcycling. Here in SoCal, specifically uh, Inland Empire, and (laughs) (laughs) specifically Paris. Uh, No, yeah, uh, Daytona Bike Week is coming up, and I was looking at some of the stuff that's going down. Um, I realized I probably wouldn't have internet over here, so I was smart enough to highlight some of the stuff. But starting, it starts today. You make me sound all
1: backwards. Listen, I knew- Like I I live in Wisconsin or something. I knew there wouldn't be
0: electricity over here, so I- I etched all this into my stone tablet <laughs> with the tools that I got in first grade. Um, but yeah, dudes, <clears throat> March 8th. When do you think that is? That's today. Yeah. That yeah. Is today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like right now, if you're poor guys in the Northeast, if you're listening to this <laughs> anywhere above like the, uh, 58th lateral, what if I said the 58th longitudinal full well knowing that those aren't the ones that go up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That would have been funnier, but I missed my opportunity there. But listen, anyway, if you're a lot of people make the trek, kind of like from Stur, like the trek to Sturgis, they make the trek to Bike Week, and um, there's going to be a ton of stuff going on, and including uh, drag specialties and Parts Unlimited, uh, Thor and Moose Racing uh they all are offering support to Daytona Bike Week as official sponsors i'm sure like lot tiger's Russ brown indian harley i'm sure everybody's doing it but those are some of the major names that uh came out in the actual uh, um Daytona Bike Week official and so uh drag specialties man they're kicking things off at Ross Myers Destination Daytona march march 8th through 17th and if if you're me, that sounds like two weeks full of fun, but that could actually only be one week. I'm not very good at counting days because I don't go by the uh, the Gregorian calendar. Um, but they will. There's going to be a ton of custom bikes, um, industry leading vendors, and Field Initiative knives won't be there, so I don't know what industry they're talking about. Mm. But um, but yeah, and so they're going to have like super cool parts, accessories, you know, everything you could possibly want when you're trying to get away from all the just crazy you know, Winterfell like action that we've been talking about for like the last three months. And, uh, on the side note, I got a note from, um, I actually got a text from, uh, SingSime. He was talking about asking me how much it would cost to move out here. Cause he's like, dude, we got news that Wisconsin's not supposed to thaw out till mid March or like after mid March. There and and I well
2: just, if he, he he maybe afford a trash can that,
0: that's what I said he could afford that like ten square feet over there for like six or eight hundred dollars a month yeah
1: you could sell your home in Wisconsin fully paid for and uh pay like two months rent
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I you know. get a giant cardboard box yeah that's what I told him. That's sort of basically what I told him. Uh, We'll see him down on wherever you filmed a few months ago, like sitting down there
1: in the bum bum city. I'm bummed. I think uh, (laughs) Icon messed up. They like released that video this week on Facebook, and I shared it. I shared it on Creative Writing, and then it disappeared. Oh yeah, and I I never got like because I ride for Icon, like I get the emails with those videos to like, hey, this is for you guys to share and stuff, and uh, I never got that email. (laughs) So I watched the video a couple of times and then it all disappeared. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I I almost made that mistake once or twice
1: at work talking about stuff that people were like, (laughs) what are you talking about? (laughs) I didn't do it on accident. Someone at Icon did, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... uh,
0: March, yeah, uh, uh, long story short, seeing Simon stay in Wisconsin, just tough it out. It's only, you know, you might only have a two or three week riding season this year, but.
2: uh, Well, he might be able to afford Bakersfield. I mean, it might be a bit of a commute. Yeah,
0: he could live out in one of those old train cars that they've converted to like a uh, a mobile home.
2: A Palmdale. I know a lot of people are moving in Palmdale. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then he could commute since he can split lanes and drive 300 miles an hour on his drag bike. (laughs) He could make it in uh, 45 minutes. Wouldn't be too shabby. Or he could move to the, uh, move to Daytona. Um, I think they're going to have, uh, on March 5th, the Daytona International Speedway round of Supercross, um, sponsored by Parts Unlimited and Thor. I almost said Thor because of Thor Drake. Thor. Um, and then there's going to be trucks. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. It's not just bikes. So the kids are going to love it too. They're not just going to be like, Dad, Mom, why, <coughs> you, why are you dragging us down to the bar again? We don't want to watch you drink. Because <laughs> you know Florida, <laughs> where you just leave the kids in the car and you go just party at the, the bar. Ball. Yeah, and You um, haven't been to Milwaukee in a while, have you? <laughs> yeah, no, I never have. <laughs> um, and so GNCC uh, is going to be having their wild boar uh, March 9th and 10th. And I know Tony Wink from uh, Pit Pass... Radio in Des Moines, Iowa is going to be there because I just heard him talking about that this week. Um, the Daytona Amateur Supercross Championship, March 10th through 12th at Daytona International Speedway. And then the American Flat Track kicks off uh, with a TT, which Shayna Texter is probably bummed about, on March 14th. And uh, Shayna Texter and Jared Meese will be racing for the championship, is what it says, but I don't know if Shayna Texter is going to be there because it's a TT. <laughs> well, she'll be
1: there. I just don't know if she'll be she'll, racing. She'll wish she, for she a qualify, championship. right? Uh,
0: did you see that memes from the Oval where it's like you're super stoked about your uh, season, your upcoming season, but the first race is a TT and it was just a picture of Shana Texter? <laughs> I did. She looked a little nervous. That was pretty funny.
1: I don't, I mean, I'm hoping she's smart enough that she trains on a TT a little bit. And a short track. Um, You know, even last year I think she
0: did, but she's just – she still wasn't there. She's so strong on, you know,
1: the different – It's hard. I mean, she's – yeah, she's so good on a mile and then, no offense, but so bad on TTs and short tracks, you know? So, I mean, I'm sure she spends a lot of time training on them too, but it's just – it's hard, man. Like that's a a level that is just – It's unbelievable. Like, you know, the fast singles riders are fast, to put it simply. Yeah. But you know what? She's on – last year was a – look how well she did last year on an entirely new bike, total ground up. Yeah. This year, she's not really on a totally new bike. Like, first of all, it's her team still. So she has all the same mechanics and everything. And the KTM and Husky are pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, they're both KTMs in a way. So – You know, I think the bike's going to be pretty dialed. Obviously, uh, Bromley has a KTM pretty dialed anyway, so that's her teammate, so they've got some of that knowledge. Um, yeah, yeah. you know what, to to, uh, talk
0: about KTM too, I've been getting like press release after press release, sometimes two or three a day from KTM, they've been upping their. Um, I mean, they, they've been winning a lot of stuff. You know how Supercross, mm-hmm. arena cross and the world, the, you know, like whatever the, um, like the Romaniacs and the Erzberg rodeo, it's part mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. West, I think, which is the world enduro super series. That stuff starts like in G- December or like even November. So it's like, they've been outdoors in the snow, probably. For yeah, those guys. Oh yeah. And, and, and all over the globe, you know, that that's a world thing. So they've been already, uh, you know getting their contingency plans together and stuff and they were just releasing how much money they were giving out to they still have the KTM uh, 390 cup they still have so they're still they're in road racing they're in adv right now they're in enduro cross they're in supercross they're in flat track and they're getting into MotoGP. and so they're they got so much stuff that they're pumping out and they're just so proud of how many
1: wins like if you're on an orange bike and you're in the dirt you're doing super good you know it's cool because like for a long long time they were always the underdog But they were the company that you could go to and you could buy a bike off the showroom floor. And it was – and actually that's their slogan race-ready. But it was pretty well a race-ready machine. You got better suspension than everyone else, better brakes than everyone else. Like you pretty well – I mean the bikes were expensive but you got better equipment all the way around. So if you wanted to go racing and not spend a ton of money, I mean yeah, you're going to set the suspension up for your weight. But you've got better stuff to work with. And that was kind of their philosophy, and it's paying off for them in the long run now. Yeah. You know, where I feel like the Japanese, it's all bean counters game. It's all, where can we cut corners and still make the money we want? Yeah. You know, Because uh, the people that started the companies aren't around anymore. Yeah, and I've been looking
0: at some of those. I, I, this has come up. It came up a few years ago, but it came up again on several different shows. Three different shows that I was listening to. Two radio shows and one podcast. The cost of friggin' bikes, the cost of a Honda and even Yamaha um 250, they are more than uh like a grom. You know what I'm saying? They're more than like some entry level street bikes. They're up the Honda CRF four fifty is ten thousand bucks. And yeah. if you get a um a, uh huh, Yamaha is like right around like nine thousand or something or eight thousand. It was ridiculous. And it's like, dude, so you're telling me I can get like a entry level street bike like a ninja 300 for less than a you know dirt bike that I'm that I need to start with to race motocross and then it's I have to build funny, on top of that it's
1: probably on par I mean with what they should cost but just wages haven't went up <laughs> but if you look at like the bicycle industry it's very very common that bicycles are over 10 grand now
2: mm-hmm.
1: like and it used to be a 10 I mean there were $10,000 bicycles 15 years ago but it was like very rare like custom frame best of everything now it's like yeah there's there's better stuff yeah like it's kind of
0: insane <clears throat> the argue, the the thing that was bummer about uh you know the motorcycles costing so much was that a lot of the the, the three shows that i listened to had the same argument is how does your dad get a kid into we're talking about how poorly the motorcycle industry is doing right now but then how do you justify these high prices Yeah, you're like driving customers away you know actually right now this is kind of crazy but side-by-side sales are like rocketing and when we talk about how harley has like i could see that too it's kind of the new yeah it's like a safer four-wheeler yeah basically (laughs) and and there's a i think the mint 400 which is actually happening
1: and rusty butcher's running in it this weekend i know he told me he's like you should have came with us and i was like it takes more than a change of wheels. Yeah. Like Oh, yeah. I've got knobbies and I've got a front brake, um, so I can do that, so I can do simple stuff. But I was like, dude, that's a long way. And he's like, well, bikes are only 160 miles. And I was like, oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. But, the, the biggest class is the side-by-side class this year, too. Oh, I like, bet. And, because for not a lot of money, you can go—like, those things are pretty well race-ready off the showroom floor.
0: Yeah. And you know what? You can fleet them. You can— uh, You know, you got to the dunes, like when we went to Pismo, there's people running crummy Harbor Freight engine dune buggies, but there's also people renting out side-by-side mules, uh, Kawasaki mule or, uh, the Honda pioneers, you know, the Kawasaki, not the mules, but they have like the Terex or whatever. And, um, yeah, there's like a lot of cool, really cool. Uh, I don't know. You can fit four people in it, you know, whereas like a motorcycle is a one-off thing and they cost just as much as a side-by-side now. So that market's growing. And um, sales figures, you know how we always say Harley Davidson owns half the industry? That is literally in America only, and uh, and it is road bikes over 900 cc's. So if you look at total sales, like who really runs the motorcycle industry, it's actually off-road and moto. So the sales for that stuff still is um, making up, which Harley doesn't even have a bike for yet, you know, until the Pan America comes out. But um, off road and like motocross stuff still is like the highest driving uh, component of motorcycling right now. So it's kind of cool to actually see when I see all these supercross and motocross and GNCC stuff happening at Daytona. I realize there's a hell of a lot more people going to see that stuff than there are. Um, the road race and the flat track, which by the by the way, the road uh, Daytona 200, the 78th running of it, is also happening March 16th. And it's going to be like an all-day thing on Saturday. And then on Sunday, there's going to be a ton of sprint races. I, uh, if you go to DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com and look up the events, um, just search by Daytona 200. Or if you go to CCSRacing.us, Uh, that's them, them and the, the American sport bike racing association. So ASRA or whatever, they're putting it on. So you go and check that out and you'll see just how much cool they've got a lot of cool classes running, um, a lot of smaller and vintage classes too. So it's, it's actually kind of cool. It's not just like modern sport bikes, but there's something I want to talk about. And I know you guys, you guys probably have an opinion on this, uh, but I want to talk about. Um,
1: I don't know how to tell you this. My entire co-hosting existence is pretty been, well based on opinions. Been opinions, I
0: know. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I want to come back because I want to. I want to talk to you guys about it. Um, so let's take a quick, quick break, and then when we get back, I'm going to ask you because it's it's sort of a new thing, basically in. I guess I don't know in the motorcycling world. So we're going to take a quick, quick break, and then uh, we'll be right back to talk more smack uh, about some crack.
2: All
3: right. <laughs> hey there, this is patron Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions. I'm
0: currently coming at you from Tokyo, and you're listening to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast probably because you ran out of all the other podcasts to listen to and you really dig motorcycle haiku. Later.
3: if you can hear me, Chunky or anyone else. I don't know if you can hear me. This is an SOS. Me and Swiggy are here at Nokomoto headquarters and we're being held down. We're taking fire. I'm pretty sure it's the Klobman's outside. Swiggy, he's on the balcony over there. Reload, reload. I don't know how much time I have left. You know our coordinates. Send help if you can. Oh my God. I think they're breaking through. Is that... Oh my God! It's Mama Club. I'm Mama Clubman, and I say no more pickle podcast for you. Take this. Take this, you party bitch. Ah!
2: Hey everyone, this is Liza from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. And when
1: I am getting a root canal or something else really just painful and shitty, I like to listen to the Creative Writing Podcast, because the best way to fight pain is with pain.
3: So talking crash stories, I have one that sticks in my head because it was one of those stupid ass moments which should never happen, but... Every year on Australia Day, which is the 26th of January here in Australia, me and about 10 other mates take off and head for the Snowy Mountains, which is, a, 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 you know, it's a legendary piece of road with amazing twisties and mountains and blacktops and you name it. But for some reason... That particular time, in that particular year when we went up there, it decided to piss down with rain, and it was wet, and it was cold. I was wearing a mesh jacket, so I was hypothermic. I think I just completely lost all functionality and capability to ride. And as we came up to the, an the intersection after about four hours of riding in this shit weather, I turned to the right to look at it on car, in traffic and just washed out the front and went sliding down the road on this brand-new hyper motard evo sp i just scratched the living shit out of it and couldn't believe myself it was nuts
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just got up, uh, kind of going was this a dream was this a bad bad dream
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly oh man the, the funniest thing was i had one of those contour roam cameras on my head and um oh, yeah? i went down and as I went down, I went on that side first. So the camera came off the uh, helmet and then just sort of flopped around wildly and it made the, for the best piece of footage I think I've ever, ever made. <laughs>
0: All right, there is some knife negotiating going I, on yeah, still.
2: Wakens is, is I whipping out his hands, inventory. Hands,
0: so we'll be right back. I'm going to take a break exactly, and check out some of these exactly stabbers. Exactly. basically what we were just talking about was some knife transactions and that all went down (laughs) but the thing I wanted to talk to you guys about um, was have you guys heard of the uh, we we, we said you know what CBD is you guys said yes and then started uh, chopping each other's fingers off but have you heard about the controversy in racing now that we have the Daytona 200 coming up and all these crazy supercross things that I just mentioned and all these outdoor events and Dirt (laughs) bikey events. I think your dog just pressed. It
2: was an outside event. You got chickens. Uh, You
1: hunt chickens? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: She pressed it with her nose. That was perfect timing. Um, So we all know what CBD is. It's chicken brain disorder. And apparently I have it because the chicken sound just went off. But um, there's a a few things happening. You know, back in the 80s, uh, cigarette sponsors were all over everything from stock cars to flat track to
1: uh, gosh, you know, skis, skiing events. Like the, I remember when that went away and it was like a big deal and I didn't really think of it at the time, but that was a lot of money that left racing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And
0: you know, it it was, and we're healthier for it. And you know, uh, it's been a long time since I seen somebody hanging a smoke out the window of their car where you used to see that you know, every car had like three kids well, in the back. I see it all
2: the time. It's just joints now. Well, okay.
0: <laughs> true enough. That's Colorado and California. I think you know it's where
1: we Hooligan racing isn't limited. So Marble, if you're out there, I'm totally down. <laughs> right. I don't smoke, but I can act like it. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And you know, there's everything now is uh, either Red Bull or Monster Energy. If you
1: go to the Monster Energy Cup. And honestly, is that that much better?
0: Well, that's true. <laughs> no, uh I have a funny story about that, but the new thing is CBD, you know, CBD, this CBD, that I hear it all over the radio. I don't know if every state has it because, um, you know, there's a few states where, where recreational marijuana is now legal and CBD is totally not that THC is the get you high, make you feel good thing. Um, that's one whole opposite side component of, uh, marijuana, CBD is the medical whatever extract that they use that like grannies rub on their skin. Yeah,
2: I actually use CBD daily.
0: There you go. I use it
2: topical and I also take pills in the morning of CBD. There
0: you go. And my dad dad takes it. Look how chill Jay and Wiggins' dad are. (laughs) And it's it's why people used to take medicinal marijuana, but they would also get the THC. So now they've learned how to separate the two and it's... you know it's just so in its infancy right now, and so it's kind of misunderstood and I think people hear c b d or cannabis or this and that, and they think of reefer Madness, you know back in the nineteen fifties. We could go on a whole podcast if you want, just stop this one and go listen to like eighty bajillion podcasts about how marijuana is like a schedule one narcotic mm-hmm. you know worse than it's like the same as yeah, if you it's were to like have on
2: the level of heroin I think cocaine yeah. is at a low, lower, lower level. level yeah,
0: right and so but it's because of you know it, it, we won't get into the history of it all I want to say is that it's it still has that stigma to it and so not a lot of people understand the the benefits of it. And they don't understand when, when you say CBD and you know, it's derived from that crazy Mary Jane plant. You're not sure, you know what it's about. So there's a few people, Tyler O'Hara, who was one, of, he's a really cool guy, uh, to watch race. Um, I used to watch him on the XR 1200s, you know, kick butt and he's
1: a pretty good road racer. I'm surprised he's not racing a hooligan now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he is racing the, the 200 this year and he has a CBD sponsor. And they don't, because of airtime and because uh, Moto America is actually going to get like some pretty sweet, uh, you know, they've been working on more TV packages this year and, and trying to get things hooked up. It's become a thing now. And Dean Wilson is another person who. Basically, he you know he's a supercross guy, uh, arena cross guy, supercross guy, supercross guy, and he um, his sponsor he just came out. I think he just got like a factory Husky team, and he's trying to bring over some sponsors. And the CBD guys, they don't know if they want to let him run. And it's like you know the, the funny thing. I was listening to a, a radio show, and they were talking about how Monster Energy and some of those drinks, like. Some of those may not be exactly like you're saying. How healthy are those, right? Right. And CBD is like a medical thing. It's not a pump you up because you're feeling down energy thing. So it's funny and it kind of goes back to the James Stewart. We lost one of the, you know, one of motocross's best riders because of a, you know, like a doping thing over Adderall or something like that for his ADHD or his anxiety, whatever it was we lost a really good, uh, personality and a, and a great athlete. And there's several guys, uh, that have been, you know, remember what was it? Who was the guy? Shoot. It was just two seasons ago. The singles rider Dalton Gaultier. Yeah. And he got, yeah, yeah. uh, he got punished for, I forget what he was on. It might've just been straight weed, but, uh, you know, he got, um, you know, maybe self-medicating. Who knows? But he basically had his title stripped and he was banned from racing until he went through a bunch of steps
1: and he's not back. I mean, I don't think he's come back. I don't know if he went through all the courses and stuff. And I, I've actually heard that he doesn't really care to or whatever. Yeah, And it's a shame because I keep seeing like he'll post something on Instagram where he's like, oh, I'm coming back. And it's yeah. like, and I get it. Like, I, I'm not saying I agree with the rule. Like, I actually did a... Like I had to, the longest report I ever did in college was eight pages and uh, I did it on marijuana because I was like, I I tried some other subjects and I couldn't find enough information. But, it, and this was Indiana in 2004. Yeah. So you almost got arrested just thesis? for writing the paper. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like a thesis paper. It was just like a, like a junior college English paper, but it was like basically just like, like marijuana and the good and the bad and like all the like sides of it. Funny part was I didn't even smoke at the time. I just, <laughs> right. Like it was just I can get all this information, but like, like so I, you probably you probably know the history of all the reefer madness and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, though. a little bit. Like, but yeah, it was, I it was nuts how they <laughs> how I was they just a
1: big propaganda film yeah, to basically. like scare people mm, away from it. Like, I'm a believer that your body will tell you the next morning what was good for you or bad for mm. you. Drink a bunch of booze or smoke a bunch of pot. And wake up the next morning and compare how your body feels. Yeah, one of them is literally poisoning you. Not saying I don't drink. I'm just saying (laughs) one of them is poisoning you, and one is not. So I'm not saying I totally agree with the rule. I am saying like you you can't show up to the start line high as a kite, right?
0: Yeah, for sure, and Um, for sure. And the the CB—that's why these kids are like you know for that for that sure. Uh, Like Dalton might have tested positive for weed, but the CBD thing. Has that same stigma, yeah. but it's a totally different
1: thing. When I think part of the problem is they don't really know how to test. Like with alcohol, it's like you can blow in this device and they can say, "Oh, there's this much in your blood currently." Right mm-hmm. with with marijuana, they really can't, and they don't know how to like test. Like yeah because it,
0: because it's not like something that affects your your blood uh the same way as like a, yeah. a volume does it's hard to tell it affects different just like alcohol affects different people differently but yeah. that you can't test for um universally or mechanically like yeah. you know to make it consistent and so yeah you know and cbd uh, you know so I know there's only a few states that medical marijuana is even, not medical marijuana, but maybe even medical marijuana is legal. And a definitely recreational marijuana isn't legal everywhere. But these, uh, you know, you got to think that I just, I've heard so many commercials for CBD every morning now on the radio. And it's so funny because I'm like, man, you, would, you never heard these like two or three years ago. But now, um, these sponsors want to come in. These products want to come in, and I really missed the boat a few years as an investor. I saw all these things about how medical pills and this and that were coming. You know, a, a lot in Canada, a lot of these little companies were coming up, and now they're here. And it's like, oh shoot! Well, now if you're jumping on the CBD boat, you're you're too late because you know they've been trying to get in for the last five years, and they're only getting more and more more popular. The people from Indiana that we listen to every, you know, I listen to them almost every morning. Uh, they're oh, yeah, advertising yeah. CBD. The radio.
1: Yeah, 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 on the radio they're advertising CBD. Well, if there's anyone out there who wants to sponsor a hooligan racer, yeah, and you see, <laughs> well, for sure because these guys,
0: you know, who knows? These guys aren't getting. They're they're trying to work out with them how you're going to carry that sponsor, but still meet our national. That's this is the problem because it's it's shown nationally, and we want motorcycling to be shown nationally. We want it to get exposure, but not every state. Has that product legal in it yet? And not every state you know, understands that. So mm-hmm. how do you how do you let them? It's kind race? of like a gray area.
2: Right, right my now. dad's
1: yeah. in Indiana, and Illinois, and it's actually legal in both of those states for CBD, but it has to be like the ninety nine percent CBD. So like, and and my dad's a guy that he doesn't smoke cigarettes, he doesn't drink alcohol, he doesn't any of that. So for him, like the THC was never even really like an option, and he just kind of like started seeing stuff about CBD and decided he would try it. And he's like, it makes my knees feel better and stuff. So yeah. he's. Like he thinks it's great. I I think you know, maybe I'm too much into conspiracies, but I think there's too much with the the pharmaceutical companies. Oh yeah, of course. Trying to Yeah, trying to block it. I mean think too, like, you know, Levi's used to be made out of hemp, but they lasted too long. So they switched to cotton, so your jeans would wear out faster, and you'd have to buy more. Yeah,
2: it's called planned abstinence. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I mean, there's definitely like that side of it in our society where these big companies have done these things to like kind of suppress it. Did you say planned abstinence? That's what my dad said. (laughs) He's like, "I was (laughs) surprised you were born. (laughs)
2: You're trying
1: planned abstinence."
2: No, I think these companies just need to take the Silicon Valley attitude and just push forward and apologize later. I mean, you well,
1: know. yeah, I think, well, they're just not even apologizing. They're <laughs> like, Hey, we made this, we know we made it illegal in the twenties and piss off. Yeah. We made our billions. We don't care. Well, I think the thing is racing. It's hard. Yeah. Because, because they want, they they want you to race. Obviously they want, and you need a safe environment and you need, you know, you definitely need that side of it where, like I said, a guy can't just show up to the line
2: Yeah, but CBD doesn't have any psychoactive. No, for sure, for
1: sure. And that's part of it too is I think a lot of the people don't understand that. They the, don't you
2: cannot yeah. get high off of C B D. know. I take yeah. it every day. That's and the thing though.
1: You're showing it. you're
0: showing this. The problem with the racing and the sponsorship. This is the whole They're not worried about the athletes being stoned because they have to pass drug tests and stuff like that. They're worried about the viewers seeing uh CBD sponsors and seeing C B D being um offered. And if you're if you're like Man, if you're still in that stigma, you know, you still have that stigma toward anything that's derived from cannabis or anything like that. That's what they're worried about. It's the same sort of thing with, um, I'm assuming, uh, cigarette and alcohol sponsors. And I'm sure that the. Energy drink companies might even be like, "Hey, man, like we don't need any more competition." However, well, it's so they're small. probably not
1: one to push it either. Like, well, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's weird because, like, Coke, of course, still sponsors a lot of stuff yeah. too, and it's like <laughs> everyone knows that shit's bad for you. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I mean, don't, I don't Coke know.
2: Way worse than CBD, I and mean, you <laughs> yeah, can yeah. die sooner yeah. off of CBD. It's, it's than Coke
1: CBD. bad. Dude. I think the <laughs> CBD thing is just we've been led to believe for a hundred years now
2: it's that propaganda it's steeped so deeply into our subconscious yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's what I'm saying it's
1: it's like like our generation is finally the ones where we well not even really ours it was really kind of the hippies before that but that is like looking at it and we're the ones like kind of separating it and making CBD separate from THC so it's not the same
0: yeah but people have been trying to legalize marijuana for the longest time, and it never happened until people did, figured out how to separate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now, everyone I know so many people that uh, use CBD because it's not THC, you know what I'm saying? Well, and
1: because it's, so, it's literally out of a plant, yeah. yeah. Well, like they don't do
0: anything uh, yeah. to it, yeah. And now, we have to just convince like. 50 to 60 percent of the country that cbd is okay and that a sponsor can use it because the tv the the whole problem with the racers again not that they're doing it not that they're showing up stone it's that they 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 don't want to broadcast a cbd sponsor to these racers across a national audience because they're afraid people are quit watching and that's all that's all we need is people to quit watching uh motorcycle racing you know what i'm saying like uh, we need more and more more and more of that so that's they really have to like they really have to gauge this what- i
2: think there just needs to be an education campaign about cbd to clarify you for know, sure and just so that people know more just in the mainstream for the sure difference between the two i have a feeling that as long as they
0: remain strong. And as long as people, you know, like Wiggins' dad's using it, there's some, you know, like I know some really old people that are using it. I know some young people that are using it. I know professionals like lawyers and stuff that use it. And it's like, as long as the population and the general consensus is that this is good for people like could it could be bear it could be aspirin it could be you know tylenol could be your sponsor cbd is like no no gonna be no different but it's just gonna take a few years i think for that to catch on and, and for you know what i educated. think the
2: going off of what Wiggs was saying the conspiracy theory element is pharmaceutical companies have been do, testing and creating their own extra extracts Based on CBD, oh, for so sure. I, I'm pretty sure that you know, years down the road, we're gonna start seeing CBD from the pharmaceuticals, yeah, and then oh, it'll yeah. be mainstream. They've got well, right? you know what I mean? I mean, because in a lot have, of states,
1: um, I was talking to um, someone when we were driving to Wisconsin, and I think it was Ohio. He's talking about because that's where he was from. Like, they're trying to make it legal there, but. There's like two or three companies that are trying to get the exclusive rights to grow marijuana. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, which to me just goes back to the same problem. Because like think of think of like the types of tobacco you can take, right? You can smoke out of a pipe, you can roll your own cigarettes, or you can buy pre-rolled cigarettes. Why are they all tobacco, but pre-rolled cigarettes are worse for you than any other form? Like they put all this shit in them. Mm-hmm. And if you allow those same companies to do that with marijuana with or without thc, like you're gonna run into the same issues yeah like and that's part of the thing and I, I think again, like back to our generation, like that's something that we're really pushing for is like no, everyone should be able to do it, everyone should be able to sell it at least to an amount you know mm-hmm. uh, um you know with with a pretty easy to get permit to do that to keep it. Free and clear of all that stuff, and keep it organic, and keep it healthy, and and keep it, you know, just kind of what it is. Instead of
2: yeah, I was actually just reading an article about how the California um, cannabis manufacturing industry is struggling because of all of the insane regulations oh, that yeah. are out oh, yeah. there. Like, you can't chew gum if you're in the cannabis facility. Like, there's just these wackadoodle. Regulations and it's pushing people out because they're getting fined, and then Mm -hmm. those fines are compounding, and it's just—it's actually really uh, causing a lot of people to go out of business. So that people that have been growing for decades can no longer even supply. California is really
0: hard. I, I actually just read a couple parts manufacturers that were longtime California startups, like in the 70s, moving to like Oregon because California is so damn hard to. You know,
1: uh, Vance and Hines is thing. always on the verge yeah. because we manufacture exhaust. So we yeah. spent a lot of money when the first <laughs> emissions thing came around, you know, a few years ago um, to be all compliant. But then they add more laws yeah. and they add more mm-hmm. laws. I was gonna say so. you,
0: you you spend the uh, once a quarter, or twice a
1: quarter, just trying to. Well,
2: stretch your head. We can't through.
1: sell half of our product yeah. in the state that it's made in. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: it's insane. It's getting yeah. out of control. They need to dial it back. Oh, I mean- dude,
1: tell me about it.
0: Yeah, and actually, there's a few things that I, I don't have uh, with us tonight, but we'll talk about. Um, somebody actually wrote in to the show and wanted to know about you know electric vehicles. They we they hear a lot of talk about them, but do they cost more to register and do they cost more to insure and stuff like that? I've read quite a few things on them, uh, be recently. And also Trump is, uh, pushing something right now. So we won't, we know for a long time, everybody's had like California and then 49 state, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we just within the last couple of years got all on one standard and now they're going to repeal that again. And, because I, I just noticed like in 2017 and 18, a lot of this stuff is only, there's no more California emissions. It's all, wow, okay, if this passes, everybody's just making it to California standards, and now they're trying to draw it back, probably for reasons like you're saying. A lot of manufacturers have in trouble, and they see an ally in Trump, and the things that he said about the EPA and, and regulation wants, wants to deregulate it a little bit. So we may either be seeing 49 Excuse me, 49 state stuff again, or we may just all together see uh, him repeal some of the 1971 Clean Air Act. So, uh, yeah, I kind of want to talk about that. And then the listener, Zach, that wrote in and talked about uh, electric vehicles, like, are they really cheaper? You know, and we always talk about that they cost to make them.
1: Um, well, we also talk about the pollution to make them too. And I oh, think that's yeah. something that is that the, the manufacturers of them try to overlook. Yeah. And you know, like I've said and I, I stand by it, if you're gonna commute every day, I don't know about as many miles as you do. If you're gonna commute every day <laughs> like it's a it's a good thing to get on. But if not, I don't know. Yeah. Well
2: yeah, and a lot of the, the thing that's really not talked about is there's the the minerals or oh, yeah. the chemicals that they use to make some of these batteries are taken from countries and there's it's called there's like a tantalum i believe that's in every single smart device and it's called like a blood mineral so yeah, similar to a blood diamond, diamond it's yeah. all yeah. like certain areas in the, the jungles it's yeah. the mines are controlled yeah. and there's like these it's gang, like little it's, kids in africa exactly.
1: and, Cadmium like, mines, and like literally yeah. like gangs running them right and there's just nothing that they can yeah, so and, and
2: like, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the dirty secret of the industry that no one really.
1: But yeah, then every Tesla driving around has a sticker that says zero emission, right?
2: And they think that oh, that the yeah. hypocrisy drives me insane. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey. and, and that's I,
1: I think <laughs> I do think that it is coming, and I think that it's better, but we also have a lot to figure out with it. You know, and like even Elon's like, oh, we're gonna run out of use dinosaurs for uh, in a while, and I'm like, we're gonna run out of all the minerals mm-hmm. too to make the batteries, unless we figure out a way to make the batteries not wear out.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: like you know, they they they've always claimed a Prius has a bigger um, environmental footprint than a Hummer. Like, it, there's, I heard that. I think that might have been a lot of Hummer. Uh, Manufacturers People saying, saying that, that, that could be. Well, I
2: don't see why. Why isn't there more focus on like sustainable things, like solar or wind, or like
1: especially solar? They. I've also California. heard um, it takes a, a windmill something like thirty or fifty years to pay for itself. Could be, mm. and then with the maintenance on top of that. The- All
0: right, guys. All right, guys. That my segue music did nothing. We got
1: kind of on a separate tangent. <laughs> you just like started it when we were in the middle. Of <laughs> yeah, I know. How, mean, how
0: do we go from CBD to electric cars? Uh, yeah, I know. I don't want to get. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole because I do want to talk about something that, that Jay brought up. Um, I want to talk to you guys about the '90s, real quick, if you don't mind, oh, yeah. and uh, a little something that happened. I wrote a little. Uh, I wrote a little. What is it called? A manuscript here? God, I can't even fucking think. I'm on so much CBD, I can't even think. <laughs> uh. It's the cookies, man. It's I, The cookies. I probably need some CBD, and I would be able to think. That's probably my problem. So the 1990s. 90s was like every decade it had a fair uh, share of change, and it's an unusual kind of change, however, because 1991 was the year punk broke, and there's even an eponymous documentary about it. The 90s was a time of change where, like, what do all- you mean, like broke? The year punk broke. The year, you never seen that documentary? Uh, oh, that's good. Like it's broke
2: good. as in doesn't work anymore. No,
0: the year punk broke. Like the year like it broke up. Yeah, uh, mm.
1: like when Green
2: Day like got an album.
1: Listen, mm. Green Day. So the nineties was a time well, that was the band that like actually started signing record deals. No, it wasn't. Go watch that documentary. <laughs> so there's <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a Green Day fan. I'm just saying it was a when time, I was in fifth grade. That was the first CD I ever bought. I know. Probably because that Green Day was the... uh,
0: What,
2: Dookie? Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, uh, listen to this. The 90s was a time of change where all the once unknown bands that I liked became popular. (laughs) And for like the last 30 years, everyone has been trying to copy the sounds of Nirvana, The Descendants, Sonic Youth. The Grunge became a thing in the 90s. It was kind of a sort of watered down version of punk. It was really rock that tried to have a punk message. Hardcore and straight edge became terms that the football bros started talking about where at one, one time you had to be in like the punk scene to even know what the difference between that stuff was and the same guys that used to listen to Millie Vanilli and <laughs> shitty 90s country started listening to punk and alternative Everything started changing rapidly in the 90s, and I'm not just talking about Metallica cutting their hair and chilling out or the internet becoming a thing, but that also happened too, um, but it was like a door got open, like flung open, that let a whole generation of metamorphosis happen in just a decade, because like from the 80s to 2000, like 1990 to 1999 was crazy, right? Um From motorcycles to music, technology started to take everything over. Synthesizers were used in the 80s for sure, like if you listen to the cars and all that stuff, but I'm telling you in the 90s, circuit bending started. Bands like Ministry, KMFDM, Mm -hmm. uh, they started to use like industrial, became like a thing too, and then you had... Rob Zombie and all this stuff, and, and uh, all, all the other rad bands like Power Man 500. Hundred. <laughs> oh, also had crummy bands dang. like Nickelback. I think they were actually in the 2000s. But another band that formed in 1990 was Prodigy, and their sound was defined by super heavy distorted synths. And motorcycles also started to get synths. Not synths for music, but synthetic rider aids via the emerging advancements in ECU technology. And so Hardcore Techno wasn't just a music style anymore, Um, bikes started to get it. They started to get anti-spin sensors and power-limiting maps on these new ECU things that they were starting to have, and they didn't come out in time to prevent Wayne Rainey's 1993 career-ending crippling crash at Misano, but they were part of it. Safety began to be the infiltrated racing and electronics and fuel injection started showing up and becoming a thing. Honda's big bang NSR 500 came out in 92. And the next year a fuel injected model followed and then TV changed also because in it and, 1980s, MTV, MTV was legitimately music-only channel. It changed the world. I remember I wasn't allowed to watch it, but it introduced the world to reality TV in 1990s, and now every damn thing is reality TV. It's, it's disgusting. And Beverly Hills uh, 90210 also started in the 90s which was another TV sensation that spawned its own generation of memes, which memes weren't even a thing yet, because like like I said, the internet wasn't really a thing yet. But actors like Luke Perry and John Stamos made motorbikes really cool on primetime, when the old guard like Mick Duhan, Eddie Lawson, Biagi, Caporazzi, uh, Creville, and even the one-time GP winner Kevin Schwantz made racing bikes look really cool uh, on TV when you could find it. And this week... The ghosts of the 90s came back to claim a couple of motorbiking legends that were an integral part of that decade. Prodigy Keith, uh, frontman Keith Flint, died, and I think he supposedly allegedly committed suicide. He was a pub owner as well as a world superbike team owner, and he got into superbikes like right. Before, I mean, he was a he was a um, motorcycle enthusiast as a teenager. And when Prodigy started, and he started to make some money, he started to get more and more into bikes and racing. And he had a World Superbike team called a Total tr- No Traction Control. And he also they raced the Isle of Man a couple times. And so he's known for the Prodigy and Firestarter and all that great stuff. But a little bit less known, kind of like Paris Hilton and Michael Jordan, is that he also had motorcycle racing team in the background and that was like his passion. I
2: had no idea about that.
0: Yeah. And Luke yeah, Perry Yeah, it this week. Yeah, he died uh Monday, I believe it was. And then Luke Perry also died, uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday. Luke Perry died? Yeah. yeah.
2: No shit. Are yeah. you for real? that's news to me. Yeah,
0: he was the man that revived what? Steve McQueen's motorcycle cool for the 1990s Hollywood generation. He uh, he had a massive stroke a couple like a month ago and he died. It was How either. How old a, was he? He was like.
2: In his fifties.
0: Yeah, he wasn't like if he, he was, it was
1: early fifties. I think. Yeah, it was 40s. like
0: it was. I think he was fifty-two, and Keith Flint was forty-nine. So 49. I mean, wow. they're both like pretty. Wow. I mean, that's pretty young to yeah. go. And so All both right, yeah. uh, both motorcycling like Luke. Luke Perry was kind of like the James Dean motorcycle riding dude of the 90s and then Keith Flint, I mean, everybody knows Prodigy, even even still nowadays that comes on. You hear, well, there was this video game called um, shoot, I forget what it was called but it, you raced like spaceships and that had like crazy synthesizer music that was hardcore, like, punk synthesizer. F-Zero? F-Zero, that's what it was called, yeah. I used to love that yeah. on Nintendo. and dude, they have, like, the music in that was so crazy Since and it's all part of, you know, Keith Flint. And then Luke Perry, he was just a heartthrob in the 90s, and, uh, made, like I said, him and Stamos actually rode, I believe, made motorcycling cool, so it's kind of kind of mm-hmm. sad, that the 90s have come and claimed some people pretty early in my opinion cuz mm-hmm. hell Peter Fonda is still kicking it around you can see him at motorcycle shows and stuff uh judging here and there and then guys like these uh just pass away it's really weird like the I feel like a lot of guys from the 90s Chris Cornell um like a, I don't know the 90s is claiming a lot of people recently uh I'm kind of scared yeah.
1: <laughs> cuz they're all they're all old men now
0: dude they're all younger than me hey get out of here <laughs> She wants to be on air.
2: Did yeah, we- you had uh Dolores O'Reilly from the cranberries, you yeah. had uh Allison Chains beat yeah. singer. That was that was a while ago. It's like that was a little
0: while ago, but yeah. still, yeah. I mean, you we, there's a lot of people uh it seems like in the 60s and 70s people either were already dead then or they're still alive now and they're dying off cuz they're in their 90s. But yeah, a lot of people from the 90s recently uh Kicking the boat and kicking the boat is that a term, <laughs> dude? They totally they're kicked the boat. boat. They on, on they're, the boat they're, out. They're on the Viking boat out to sea on
2: the stellar plane.
0: Yeah. So I thought that was kind of um, kind of crazy, and so I wanted to talk to that before we rabbit holed into uh, how green things are and, and all that great jazz. But I did want to talk to you guys about that. Should we get into something that Jay brought up today? How, what do you, you guys want to want to go down a rabbit hole of like what's green and what's not? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. Green
2: as in weed or <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no no what's green and
0: what's not. Very good C B D joke there. Uh no. Let's just let's sit back and listen to this transition music and think about what would be the greenest bike that you could make. And I'm not talking color and I'm not talking a bike made of weed. I'm talking like the most uh I don't know.
2: Sustainable. The
0: most sustainable least carbon <clears throat> footprinty. Hmm. That last sound was my mind-blowing. Uh Jay had sent me a picture of a bike today. Where was where that off? Bike XF or Silodrome or where was that off of?
2: Which one? I don't even remember which one. That I
0: stupid you. BMW.
2: And oh, the... Which one now?
0: That silver BMW. Jay had sent me the a picture. The one with the tank that yeah. lifts up.
2: Oh, the hipster or not.
0: Yeah. Jay had yeah. sent me a picture of a hipster bike. Now, here's my deal. The reason I used to have a big hatred of brown seats back in the very first five episodes and all i talked about was how much the hated brown seats is i feel like it was such a hipster thing you saw it and then you just couldn't unsee it like bmw's scrambler which is a very hipster derived bike actually comes with a brown seat and and a lot of the yamaha bolts and stuff like that were starting to come with accessory brown seats And now I feel like brown seats are gone. Why? Because they were a hipster thing. Why is no bike come with pipe wrap anymore? Like when you used to watch, if you wanted to get on the cover of Bike XF when it first started, your bike had to have pipe wrap and like some custom bamboo hand grips or something. And so that's what makes stuff hipster is that it's a fad. And so the bike that you showed me um, was a vintage boxer. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you what year it was. All I know is that it had the round, you know, it air cooled BMW boxer. Um, and it had this crazy like one piece tank. You know, the Earl's bikes, how they're one piece, but they're one, they make sense. Like when you're looking at a race car and a race car, like a funny car or something opens up or even like the Le Mans cars and the whole body lifts up, it's, it's easier sometimes to make a one piece body and uh, just make 50 of them rather than having to make all these little components to fit together. This was a one piece motorcycle similar to the Earl, but not made for racing and, uh, made for, I mean, it was beautifully done. I have to agree with Jay. It was really a beautiful, Yeah, was
2: aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, for sure. it was
0: simplistic. It was really cool. They had a clear, uh, you looked into the, where the gas tank should be. Was that thing, uh, I don't know where the actual gas tank was because where the the normal gas tank is was clear, Lexan or something like that. And you look through it. It
2: looks like it's probably in the top part, but it's probably like maybe half a gallon. Yeah, (laughs) that's the other thing. It's not functional. I mean, I don't even know. Maybe it's in the... Yeah,
0: a a small tank underneath somewhere. Who knows? But... And the exhaust pipe was very small too. It kind of hid behind the engine in front of the uh, rear wheel. Mm-hmm. And so it, it wasn't a part of a bike. Like some some exhausts stick way out and they're made like that. They're, they design that it. Is a
1: black seat.
0: Yeah. Are you looking at the one, the silver one? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The one
2: that the tank lifts up?
0: Yeah. Now it's got like a, like I said, like a, um, a, it's a, it's not clear, but it's a, it's a tinted tank with some digital crap in there and here's my thing here's oh, why yeah, it has like a cool like the gauges the are almost in the yeah. Tank yeah the gauges it's got a little dashboard. yeah it looks like you you're through. looking into the gas tank to see the gauges the reason this thing i think is a hipster bike and why i said it was hipster is it, it is beautifully done it's really beautifully done as far as like craftsmanship the the metal work on that thing looks great the seat looks great but it's a total hipster bike they took an old bmw that's hard to get parts for and not known for their reliability and it's, they, a it, it it's a showpiece. That's all it is. That's all it is. And yeah. so everything I feel like is a showpiece. We have a March 23rd, you guys, the Outlier Guild coming up. If you guys, uh, we should go down together and look at nothing but showpieces because that's all these bikes are that make the tour. There's probably half the bikes from the one show, if not more. Um, probably going to be there. The, the hand, the mama tried the one, the hand built show, all these, you know, all the bikes, there's a, there's a handful of them that make the t- the tour, I call it. And it's just the same bike going around and around. And they're sort of like this one where it's really a showing of your skill and it's a showing of what's possible, but you're taking an old bike, an old, you know, like I'm saying, not super reliable, mm-hmm. Maybe they've made it reliable, but at what cost when you could have started with, you know, a Honda... You
2: know what I was going to say? Honda Cubs, my buddy Dane got me into looking at Honda Cubs because they're huge like in indonesia and the asian market and they're fairly cheap that you can get them over here with abs for about three grand and you can customize the fuck out of them yeah and they're small they're small displacement but it's a great like place to start yeah for someone entry level affordable to get into motorcycles yeah like i think and you can customize it so it gives you the element of creativity and making it aesthetically pleasing but then you can really fucking ride it yeah like yeah,
0: Like that thing had no rear fender, which bugs me. Like oh. that's that's another, see that's why I called it hipster too because every hipster build has no <laughs> rear fender. It's not practical and I love, There's some. there was like a, it wasn't even a meme, it was just a picture of a dude on one of these hipster marks. bikes. Yeah, yep. they had like mud. Him and his girlfriend had mud up their back and I was yeah. like, well that's what you get when you ride a hipster bike in actual weather. And then the fact that they had all this like crazy new high-tech technology on it, you know what I'm saying? Like they had like these really innovative pieces of technology, but the thing is is that they weren't uh, – it was on an old bike. It was on an old Well, the thing is, I mean, well,
2: I don't understand. You're not going to be looking down at that tank. It's when you're riding, if you hadn't ha- need gas, I mean, you're going to look straight down like at your crotch basically. I mean, <laughs> it's not –
0: yeah and and like you said the whole 1 gallon a 1 gallon of gas that you're going to get out of that thing or whatever the hell's in it but yeah it was just weird they took a whole bunch of cool really cool stuff really cool design really cool LEDs and really cool i'm sure it it wasn't fuel injected cuz it looked like it still had vacuum uh like vacuum carbs on it or something like that and you take that whole flip up. Um, I'm sure it was like a hydraulic sort of thing or pneumatic, you know, sort of lift thing that held it up. You have these leather bespoke things holding down the, like that strap that was holding down the electronics or whatever. Mm-hmm. looked like it was like leather and you waste it. I say waste it, but it's almost like taking like $50,000 with a brand new stuff and throwing it at like an old car where you're not restoring it. Which actually like makes them rest restorations are worth more than modifications, and it's funny because the guys that always modify car, cars, motorcycles, whatever, they always want like twenty thousand dollars because they put like forty into it to get it where it's at, and it's like it's yeah. not as worth I, yeah, as much I'm as if you the, had to left it stock. You I'm know? on
2: the opposite side of the spectrum because I'm just such like an industrial list as far as it needs to function for me. Yeah, Like I want to be able to take a trip across the country. So I'll yeah. take that 20,000 and make it into something that I know is going to last and <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be stuck on the side of the road. So for me, I just I it's nice. I appreciate the aesthetics. I appreciate the craftsmanship for sure. Like I don't dog on that, but as far as like make it functional also. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like a lot of a lot of tech was wasted on that that could have been Wasted on like the front headlamp. Chris was just looking at it, and I swear it's halogen. The front light was halogen, but the rear light is this tiny little LED. You know, like it just wasn't. To me, it was like, like you said, it was really well done, and the the design and everything was really cool. But not to be a jerk, but to be a jerk, it also was on a like nineteen seventies BMW that who knows? Yeah. Are you really going to be able to ride it? Like you, you.
2: I mean, it's too pretty to ride. If I had that, you put like forty thousand miles
0: a month on your bike. Like, are you really going to ride that thing around? I don't know. It's it's my conflict because it's a paradox. Because I also do love the craftsmanship. I love that people take things and make. You know, I used to love it a lot more, and now that everybody's doing it, I think is why I'm just like over it. I think it's
2: there's a genre now that's just like the builders. It's just for showcasing, you yeah, know, you have the builders, they make the pretty nice things, um, but it's not really contributing to getting more people onto bikes, at least in my opinion yeah, there and, you, I mean, go. you can look at it as a as a bystander and appreciate it from the sidelines, but I don't think it's going to... you're not going to want to throw your leg over that thing yeah, you know
0: before before it closes, I think it closes this month or next month, we ought to go the three of us down to the Peterson and look at that, those custom motorcycles that are there that were a lot of them were part of the one moto a few years ago and the Sultans of Sprint, the wheels and waves, all that, all the hipster worldwide shows, mm-hmm. they got the bikes, some of the bikes there and they have them here at the Peterson and, And they've been on display for, uh, it's been about one year. So I think it's going to be ending pretty soon. We ought to go down there and check them out and just see like, yeah, this is what you can do with the motorcycle, but then what are you going to do? You're just going to put it in a museum. And I'm like you, I'd rather have an old hunk of junk like Spamala that I'm not afraid to take out and flog in the dirt. Or ride down the freeway, yeah. get hit by a car you know what, I once think in a while? It,
2: it's a symptom of a, a bigger problem and it's I, I bl- kind of blame it on social media where it's like we want to post things that look nice and look good so that people see it and they get an image, uh, this illusion basically. And so there's not really the practicality like my life if you look at my life it's not glamorous but I fucking ride my bike every single day I get yeah. home I'm covered in sweat but it it's I the passion is there. Yeah. But I so I think that like bikes like this you look at the profile the that they have it's just like all it's all aesthetic. Yeah. It's all this facade.
0: It kind of goes it's kind of like what Wiggins was talking about last week with the race bikes and how they, all of them are looking for the style now and none of it's for performance really. You know what I mean? Like all of it's for
1: style and it's aesthetic. Like even when we started the hooligan stuff like that was like, part of my idea was like so many people are building these bikes and not riding them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I was like, I think we've
2: gotten uh, as a culture in a lot of ways disconnected from actually being in the moment. Yeah. And like, it's all about, okay, I'm going to get this picture. Like, we're going to go on vacation. We're going to make it look good. And then all my friends are going to think I'm having a blast. And you're so focused on like having it look good from the the outside. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Do you remember that moment, like any moments of just enjoying the sunset or whatever? Like, on the ride over here, like I stopped. And my first reaction, I got off the bike and the first reaction was to look at my phone. But then I looked up and I saw this incredible just view. I just put the phone down and I just enjoyed it. And it was a feeling that I missed because I've kind of gotten away from that. You know, I think it's it's hard to reconnect to that. But it's, yeah, I think it's needed. It's
0: funny to say because, yeah, you, there's a, uh, you know, Girl on a Moto podcast talks about it once in a while chopular being chopular and (laughs) being insta famous and all this stuff and it's totally true and i feel like i don't know i feel like that's i I, now there's a lot of people that actually chop places and it's like why like okay i'm not gonna say why would you want to sure choppers are cool and sure they look cool but they're not for me because i don't like stopping every 50 miles for fill up my you know a one-gallon, maybe? What was that, one-gallon <laughs> gas? You know.
2: I've seen one with a half a gallon. Yeah. Now, no, if you're
0: man. racing like Hooligan or you're racing flat track and you know for a fact that you're going to be doing four, five, eight laps, like, fine. Get, you know, you're, you need it small. You want it small. You want it to be as narrow as you
1: can. Well, I chop mine down for uh steering angle so i have more like turn angle on my there bike to do but functionality that's what i'm saying like yeah
0: i don't like these things that they're that people are doing just to do them and kind of to talk about the green aspect that we're talking about of uh, sustainability and stuff the f- total flip side of that and it's going to sound like devil's advocate but i i really mean it is the greenest motorcycle and that's why I was saying that earlier. Then your CBD joke kind of <laughs> got me thinking though. But the greenest motorcycle is not the one with all the weed in the tank. It's the one that's already made. And yet here we have like five different electric motorcycles coming out, <laughs> you know, this year that are just supposed to blow people's minds. And um, if you want to hear a whole hour and a half commercial for the Zero SRF, we all, do you guys think that bike looks good? Like. The, have you seen the new Zero SRF? Yeah. yeah. I do actually. It, it, looks, it looks better. Yeah. yeah, it looks better it's than probably, previous models. It's like models. the best looking Zero. So many people have said it too. Cleveland Moto does a really good, this this week, um, I forget what episode it was, but he just got back from San Diego. He actually, it's funny listening to him talk about the, the Red Fox Room because that's where me and my wife used to live. You know, we used to walk there uh, when we first started dating and go driving in Alpine, riding out in Alpine and Julian, which is like if you head to Soak, if you head to uh, San Diego, that's like the one motorcyclist destination. So they took them to all the right places, apparently. And, um, they got to thrash the zeros out there in the snow. Like it's mm. snowing down mm. in San Diego, right? Right? That's like uh, 20 miles from the friggin' border with Mexico and it's snowing down there. But there are foothills and mountains and they went through the snow and they went through the twisties and he talks all about the zero SRF. I was thinking like, I should research it. I'm just going to point you over to Cleveland Moto um, and they've got a couple in there. Showroom now, and he's had a chance to test right it and put it through the hoops. But that he made a good point about that. I think he reposted on our page. The one, the one difference between zero and like the lightning, which is going to be coming out at like twelve thousand bucks. um The Eric Buell has just announced that he's coming out with Fuel, but sp- mm. spelled like Buell but with an F. Um, but they're going to be City Mobility. But they're going to be s- his. Website said uh, the press release said ten thousand um, bucks. Harley Davidson's at twenty three <laughs> twenty nine thousand bucks, and then Energica and most of the zeros and stuff like that are coming in right around twenty. So it's about ten thousand less than the Harley, but that's for the top of the line models, right? So Energica and zero still aren't cheap. But the one thing he said is that aside from Energica right now, everybody else is vaporware, and I was like, yeah, that's true. Hmm. They're vaporware, and how clean are they? And then to to back up Zach's uh, listener Zach's question, are they really cheaper in the long run? And here's the argument I've heard for them, as far as like being cheap as a motorcycle. Sure, the only thing you're buying is brakes and uh, tires, you know, and the most of them are belt drive, and even if they're chain drive, how often you know chains are not the most expensive thing. You're you're not doing gas, you're not doing oil, you're not doing radiator you're not doing most of the fluids on any uh you know ice bike that you have to do every and the chain lube i've gone through chain lube i can't tell you because i usually lube the chains on my bikes like every other tank of gas or something like that because it always says like three to five hundred miles so like usually every other tank of gas It's like, I need to just buy like...
2: I'm so overdue. Yeah, do that like half a week. That's like (laughs) two days for me. I know, I know.
0: I know in your case, I was wondering about that. Because like I, you know, in Spamla, I used to do it like once every two or three months. Because it's not like I was commuting. But uh, I've gotten a little better where I'm doing it like, yeah, try to do it once every at least 500 miles, right? And then, um, yeah, it's like... These are most of them are belt. So even that's out the window, but instead of having like your whole, you know, eighty thousand cans of chain lube which aren't cheap. So from a cost point, you eventually make it up. Like Wiggins, I don't know if we were recording when you were talking about electric uh you know, windmills taking twenty years to pay for themselves. Because those things are expensive. They're expensive to maintain, they're expensive to set up, and then when they break or catch on fire or blow up like that one gift that was going around to the horses running as the ones blowing up right mm-hmm. uh i can't imagine that that's ex- uh, cheap to install and fix and maintain but electric motorcycles on the other hand are you're already paying close to that for a new motorcycle but relatively quickly it will have um surpassed itself as far as uh The amount of extra money that you throw in at it as far, you know, all the fluids, you know, even gasoline, gasoline fluctuates. Electricity doesn't fluctuate that much. So even charging it, uh, you know, they just seem like they will pay themselves off a little faster. I
2: don't see why there even has to be a conversation about green motorcycles when motorcyclists make up what? (laughs) <laughs> how what? How much percentage of the population? Like, really, is it even something that we should even?
0: Did you just say of... population?
2: <laughs> what? I mean, motorcyclists. Like, how many motorcycles are going to be manufactured that it's going to be? Um, affecting our environment
0: well yeah yeah true because they are smaller it's not like a car but they still use the batteries still use those crazy things we're talking about like cadmium and all these weird earth metals that are getting but i don't
2: think there's going to be enough manufactured that it's going to be something that we should be concerned about i'm more concerned about like these factories that are pumping out teslas I mean, Teslas, there's going to be more Teslas on the road than there are going to be electric motorcycles. And those batteries are, what, four times the size of what's going to be in
0: an electric bike. We need Teslas because more people do drive cars and there won't be any infrastructure. If it was all left up to just electric motorcycles, we wouldn't have any infrastructure. Yeah, And I
1: think Tesla is doing a good job about pushing the industry. Yeah, Definitely, there's... Uh, Tesla is so weird because they're like the Apple
0: of electric vehicles where they use their own proprietary charging system. Dude.
2: (laughs) Pass them down. I I think there's like one and a half left. Yeah, I'm just eating
0: the crumbs because I don't need to gain like 17 (laughs) pounds before I go home.
2: Oh, yeah, they're calorie free.
0: But, um, oh, cool. Are they CBD cookies? Yeah, they're CBD. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Tesla Tesla has a a lot of... um, A lot of stake in the infrastructure. And so they are building Tesla chargers everywhere. I just heard this on the on another show where the guys are totally anti Tesla, but one of the um well, anti you know, green bikes and stuff, but one of the guys has a Tesla and he's like, Yeah, I looked it up. There's Tesla. There's some that aren't even listed that are like, you know, so you can't you have to go by uh you have to know where they are via the apps. You can't just say, Oh, there's one in this town. He's like, they're everywhere. They're like out in the middle of nowhere. But also the guy, John, that we talked to from Electrify America, they're in partnership with, uh, you know, Audi, VW, uh, BMW, like all these companies that have electric cars on the way because in in Europe, electric's going away. Like, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, gas is going away. Mm-hmm. Electric's going to be the thing. They don't want to make two different, set- how, you know, it'd be a lot easier and greener, for that matter, even if uh, you're wasting resources a lot of resources. That's so sad to You're only to me. wasting I mean, one set if I'm, you make one type of car, you know?
2: The thing is, like, when I think of electric, I... To me, I love the mechanical elements. My dad's a mechanic, so I grew up, you know, thinking about how things operate and move and are put together in the engineering elements. And so then when I think of an electric bike, it's just, like, a battery, a circuit, like... <laughs> That's so boring, you know what I mean? Like the, where's the aesthetic beauty and like the the parts that are moving and, and digging into it, you know? Yeah. Like if you have to go work on your bike in the garage, it's like, oh, one of the wire. I need to solder a wire back on or whatever. To me, that's just not – Yeah, I, that's why I'm not really like – I like that – I like the power, the power band, the instant torque. I love that. Um, I haven't ridden one. I would definitely like to test ride one. But I don't see it as something that excites me beyond just like okay, yeah, it's fun to get on and go fast. I yeah,
0: guess. you know the thing is, is that the new the new tuners. When I worked at a body shop, all the dudes had old pickups and old hot rods, like that were tricked out. And that's you know I got a I got a cornet with the 440 in it, and I was so excited to work on it and learn you know learn hot rodding from these old dudes. And their their thing was like smoke and fire, you know, <laughs> no re, no displacement for or no replacement for displacement. And then they would always joke on me and my buddy because I had a VW and uh, he had like a Honda Civic Si or whatever. And uh, they're like, oh, what are, what are you guys going to call hot rods in twenty years? Because all these muscle cars were dead in the sixties, and we're still you know restoring them here in the two thousands. What are you guys going to call hot rods, man? And I was like, I don't know, but you know what, people are into tuner cars they're into turboing cars they're into mercedes like amgs and and um, uh or whatever i don't know (laughs) what the what the actual name is but i had
2: an amg try to race me the other day
0: oh really well (laughs) there and there you go that stuff is all chips i mean you can do stuff to the motors but it's like a more and more and more is becoming the nerds that sit around and program the ecus and flash them right i mean yeah. Electronics packages is everything in World Superbike and and AMA, and even MotoGP. They all of them talk about the uh, the the equalizing factor has come down. Like tires, only you can only get so good with. You can only get so good in, with motors. The yeah. equalizing factor that has ha- turned out to be is um, the electronics packages because that controls everything now. So there's actually like nerdy kids like that. I think the new the new hot rod is the nerd sitting around programming ones and zeros to make stuff go faster. And that's what I see with green bikes and that's (laughs) listening to the guys at Cleveland Moto, the nerdy kids that were talking about it. Does anyone
2: have a hybrid bike?
0: BMW has actually patented a hybrid bike and I think Honda... Honda has a has a patent for a hybrid bike none of them I mean there's no demand for it here in the States so nobody's brought it over but I know that they do have them and some some companies have them in development because of their European and Asian um, markets Mm. so there are I think there might even I think Honda has a hydrogen bike perhaps so she's good she (laughs) keeps walking through wires I know (laughs) She's, she's like all these cords and microphones aren't usually here so yeah um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question and it does pose the green bikes. What are, what is the greenest bike? Probably to me, the bike that's already made and already out there. And that's why a lot of recycle recyclers that do, um, whether it's recycled architecture and, and, uh, recycled building to recycling motorcycles It's really cool.
2: That's why I love rat bike culture. Yeah. I love seeing seeing someone take something like a junkyard bike and then just like making a beast out of it. As much
0: as I was talking smack about that BMW, I I do love to see people's um, craftsmanship, but I just don't like to see the old and ultra new meshed when you could have done like a way better. I I love to see people take new Ducatis and make like cafe racers out of them and stuff or make something. That's not totally like taking a new Ducati and then then making it crappy. You're just changing the style of it and maybe even adding more stuff to make it simplistic but still work the same. Where I feel like when you do stuff like that, the older stuff, you're taking an already kind of classic piece of work and you're just throwing a bunch of new junk on it. And it's like, I could go take my VW
1: Beetle. Yeah, but we don't know what that bike's condition was when they got it either. Like the tank could have been dented. The seat could have been gone. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like they put a they put a
0: whole lot of work into an old, kind of unreliable bike. Yeah, you know for sure.
1: sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's funny. I had a buddy that like customized like those Beamers too. So yeah, and there's a lot of people that customize them, and a lot of people that either
0: restore them or do this or that, and they they look really cool, and they're not trying to be Wango Tango 21st century. You know, I would have rather seen that thing go steampunk, like go look like it was made in like the 19, you know, 1820s than the, uh, I don't know. I just, it's just weird. Is this, and that's just my opinion because I I like to see people. It's funny. I kind of
1: like that one. It was a kind of a resto mod, but a little different take on a resto mod than a lot of them. But, and
0: you see them all the time now with the new, the new hipster. That to me, that's the new hipster thing is taken. Yeah. It's
1: definitely a very hipster version of a resto mod. Yeah.
0: I hate the no fender look. Like, I hate bikes with no uh, yeah. no fenders. I get it on a sport bike, but even they usually have a fender down over the tire. You don't, like, water on you or on your stuff is not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: so, I mean, if you go outside and look at my bike, there's no way I could do that yeah. <laughs> fucking fender. I have so much shit strapped to that thing. Yeah,
0: for sure. And then, you know, they obviously don't ride them, or else they'd be mm-hmm. like, because even riding Spamla in the dry, like, sometimes rocks will fly up. I don't have a front...
1: Front yeah, fender yeah.
0: I need to put one when it's raining because like yeah that doesn't work either so yeah it's really hard for me to fuck your bike sucks like there's some definitely stinkers on there but when you also <laughs> see people that uh, you, when you see people that have taken something and made something cool out of it even if it is a turd kind
2: of I love the lawnmower bikes she's, and all oh my God, she's good she's like leaning sitting on my foot <laughs> the lawnmower bikes yeah and the just beastly hybrids where they just take the motor out of like a blender or something crazy yeah. and then make a bike out of it.
0: I think they need to bring back lawnmower racing. Do you guys remember that on Speed Vision? For they still have it. but just, I think they need to televise it again. It's more in the
1: Midwest because people need, actually you, mow their lawns. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they need a tractor to mow it. They don't just have a a gardener mow it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, and we're getting close to the end of the show, but I, I, it's funny the, just the stuff we've talked about in this, how it all linked together. But I think we should probably look at this more. We, we should, nobody sent us a roast my bike in a long time. Maybe we can just <laughs> roast, <laughs> roast bikes. Like what we don't like about the, um. The current hipster trend because I feel like I feel like hipsterism is just as strong as it ever was, but I just feel like it's just kind of taking a different it's not going so uh,
2: Instagram is filled oh, yeah. with those bikes i mean look there's
0: just... a I just pop it open and there's a chopper right there with the eighteen foot tall sissy bar right on it so
2: ah. <laughs>
0: um there are a few things coming up that I did want to talk about you guys want to? you guys got any cool uh as far as local events, regional events, national events, worldwide events, or intergalactic events that you know are coming up? I
1: have a race March 30th. All right. Paris Flat Track off Burton Road. All right. It'll be the rain date for the Veggie Plate Classic. Sweet. And then it's not 100% finalized, but it's pretty close. Um, Kern County Speedway, which is Bakersfield, on April 13th. We're gonna do a race in conjunction with the Hooligan Dirt Dash. So that'll be pretty cool too. There's a car show out there. They're literally having like a General Lee and the actors and actresses from uh, the Dukes of Hazzard and a car show and some country music bands, I guess. And we're gonna have some Hooligan racing.
0: I was gonna say, I have that earmarked too, and I believe there's gonna be a TT.
1: That's a different date. That's in March. I saw that flyer. Someone sent me that. Yeah, I think it's the 14th. Yeah, it's uh, March 14th through the 17th or something. Yeah,
0: okay. So that's like a different thing, huh? I have uh, happening uh, tomorrow, actually, if you're hearing this when we air it on Friday, uh, SoCal Flat Track is actually having round two out at Paris. Uh, that's tomorrow. And then I think they're actually going to have some stuff going on on Sunday too. So it's going to be hot. This whole month it's going to be pretty hot for, for Paris Raceway. Um, if you're around... The California Backroad back road Discovery Route, or the CABDR, there's a documentary film that they made about this. And if you want to check it out, March 17th, I believe it's going to be at the Rocky Mountain Honda Powerhouse, um, 15220 Shaw Road, Southeast Calgary. And I don't know Canadian... Um, postal and area codes like that I know it's in Alberta but then there's a bunch of weird numbers that just look like somebody threw numbers at this thing but anyways it's going to be showing at 6pm uh, the doors open 7pm film screens I saw that it also played in uh, San Francisco like last month or something like that so this thing's making a tour if you want to uh, it's a California backcountry discovery route uh, f- documentary and there's a few more dates posted this was the only one I saved for this show because it's uh, happening pretty soon and it looks really fun And I actually checked it out And guys We had a little We had a little Funny text thing Going about Some hooligan racing Not hooligan flat track Hooligan cannonballing And then I saw this And I was like Maybe we should do Some hooligan uh, Desert race racing And we all go down And start in uh, East of San Diego Down by the Mexican border And do this 820 mile trail Up to uh, Like Bakersfield wherever it ends And uh, first one there, pinks, wins wins the bikes that we race on. So I don't know. You guys think about it. We'll get back to that. Uh, There's a Palm Canyon Hotel run. It's the uh, SoCal Desert Ride fundraiser which is also a backcountry discovery route 6th annual. I had no idea about this till I started looking into it. But it's happening March 28th through the 31st, and I think they're going to start out in Borrego Springs. It's an all-inclusive weekend that includes tent sites, RV hookups, meals, daily rides, um, and you can reserve it at ridebdr.com. And uh, yeah, they're just going to take you through rides out through SoCal, uh, the SoCal Desert, and right now is the perfect time because in the summertime it's like 125 out there so you don't want to do that uh this sunday law tigers um there you can win a free oil change and inspection they're going to be at the uh, california moto market and i believe that's going to be at marin or marin i believe that's how you pronounce that marin um speed shop up in marin california which is like bay area yeah, San Rafael, that's where it is, because here, here's the uh, actual flyer from Marin. California Motor Market, Women's Motorcycle Gear, March 10th at the Marin Speed Shop. It's at 137 Front Street, San Rafael, California, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And uh, bring a girl, buy her some clothes. The Hooligan Super Hooligan National Flat Track, uh, sponsored by Progressive Indian Never Motorcycle. Heard that. <laughs> that's happening at the daytona international speedway and that's going to be part of the tt um you guys heard us talking about that at the top of the show all of daytona bike week stuff is just going to be so rad I, I can't wait to watch all the racing um the hooligan dirt dash april 13th you uh that's the one you were talking about at Current county raceway yep so there's also a separate event happening here in march i believe on the 14th um pikes peak dude pikes peak the og moto show is happening here at the container yard in la on march uh 23rd and woolly from Deus is gonna have a bike there and somebody was talking about they can't wait to see his new pikes peak race bike and uh he made one last year that was just the uh the elephant's boobs or whatever that saying is the elephant's trunk And now they can't wait to see his one this year. So I'm kind of excited about that, too, because I heard this terrible rumor that bikes may be leaving Pikes Peak, which actually comes up here at the end of May. No, no. Uh, June. Yeah, Pikes Peak is going to be in June. And um, Isle of Man is less than 100 days away. That's happening in May. Uh, Shelbyville, Tennessee, March 1st and 2nd. You might want to check that out. Are you going to be there? You can bring family and friends, the flyer says, but I would only
1: bring enemies. March 1st and 2nd? Uh Uh-huh. I think that's happened. You're kidding me.
0: Are you telling me that that was last week? Yeah, because today's the 8th. Well,
1: that's the, right. The release date's the 8th.
0: So last week, get in your time travel machines and go to Shelbyville. <laughs> I wonder who won that, by the way. It says it was family-friendly, but I want to go on Instagram and look at some stories and see how many enemies
1: were made there. Um, the hooligan class was uh, Mike Boone. Mm-hmm. That's right? Or something Boone? Baboon? Yeah, Chris Boone. Uh, he's a super old bro from is his name Brian
0: Adler Boone otherwise known as B.A. Boone otherwise known as Baboon huh? Huh? that took a while to get there but my fun- oh god uh, this Sunday check out Lucky Wheels for motorcycles and coffee they're going to start doing it every second Sunday uh, you want to check out some cool bikes and some yum yum coffee I actually had some Lucky Wheels coffee at the Atlantis Motor Garage vintage Japanese motorcycle union show it was pretty dang good Do you want me to tell you what happened in February? Probably don't. I mean, it's old news. But, um, yeah, anyway, keep your ears peeled. There's a bunch of cool stuff. Daytona Bike Week mostly. I mean, I can't believe it's already kicking off this week. Uh, Keep your ears peeled and your eyes open for motorcyclists. And as always... Uh, buy a Field Initiative Knife. March 22nd is going to be the Solstice Slam. I'm not going to tell you you could win a Field Initiative Knife. We'll have to wait see what the official word from Chris Wiggins is. And maybe Jay has something to offer. For, uh, I'm going to buy one of your sweet uh, draw- drawings that you've been doing.
2: Oh, yeah. I brought some for you to look at today.
0: Nice. So please check out Solstice Slam. Submit either at slam at creative-writing.com or just sub- you know email something to writing podcast at gmail.com whether we're equally as long and dumb to type uh, give us a call 740-563-2858 or uh, look up a number on a bathroom stall call it, pretend it's us, say something cool and make someone's day and uh, as usual leave us a review in iTunes SoundCloud, Stitcher um, Wombat uh, Bomb Gnarly, the uh, Pod Cruncher, Beamcast, uh, Elbow, what's that one? I forget what that one's called. But anyway, anywhere you find your podcasts or a uh, website that might offer audio streaming. And you guys, I've done enough rambling and uh, you guys have been super quiet, so I felt like I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything, any super profound uh, sayings, anything, any piece of information? Or any sort of, I don't know, maybe some, like, advice you guys
2: think yeah, we can give the listeners? I, I, think, uh, I have some family things that are happening with some people who are sick. So just enjoy life because life is short and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So just stop and, I know it sounds cliche, smell the roses or watch a sunset or something. Just put your phone down and just enjoy it. Happy Friday!